0: Through this health insurance, so with the help of OpenIMIS, but it's, it's the health insurance, being able to pay out about 138 million US dollars worth of claims to health facilities. There is no need to reinvent the wheel and invest a lot
1: of money in developing a software. The software is there. OpenIMIS is covering all the, the range of data monitoring that you would need.
2: Welcome to this episode of GD Hub Voices. My name is Cleo, and today I'm hosting an episode with Olivier Prat and Saurav Baterai, and we are talking about the Open EMI software. Olivier Pra is a senior policy advisor at the Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation. Um, he's been at the SDC f- since September 2019, but he's worked at the Swiss Federal Department of Foreign Affairs since 2005. He has a technical background in foreign affairs and he has held various positions in multiple countries across the world. And he's represented the SDC at the Global Fund Board, the WHA and other governance boards. So currently he's managing partnerships for R&D and equitable access to medical technologies at the SDC. And he's also working together with Saurabh Baterey, who's from the Deutsche Gesellschaft für Internationale Zusammenarbeit which is the German more or less equivalent to the SDC. The GIZ forms the global coordination desk of the OpenIMIS initiative. They are supporting partner organizations. And before that, Saurav has worked at, on the implementation of EMIS in Nepal. Uh, welcome to both of you. Thank you for being here. I'm just gonna start and jump right in and ask you uh, some questions about OpenIMIS. So I think just to start off, Why exactly did you develop OpenEMIS and what is it?
1: Okay, I can start with it, answering that that kind of question. Well, OpenEMIS was basically launched in 2012 in Tanzania, by chance in Tanzania, because SDC decided to do a a health project there and health financing was part of it. But many other organizations, including including GIZ, has been working on on health financing for a long time. There there were some kind of of issues we were identifying before launching OpenEMIS. First, you need a strong and robust data management tool uh, to, to manage any kind of social protection scheme or health insurance scheme. In too many countries, we still rely on paper-based data collection and monitoring tool. I'm sure if you've been working in many countries, in many health facilities and some official buildings, you've seen piles and piles of paper and, and we lose data. So we were we were the idea, okay, we should move to, to a digital tool. And then, you know, some, some digital software and tools do exist already. Uh, they are commercial uh, based and they're pretty costly basically on the long term for maintenance and updates. So we're We should develop a kind of open license free tool that could be adapted for, for, to any contest. Of course, there are some existing monitoring tools uh, used by, by Health Ministry. You've seen one of the most famous is called the DHIS2 uh, and basically complementing that kind of data with a uh, with software focusing on health financing, making it compatible to existing uh, health tools. So that was that was the three main points of entries for us to, to develop that tool.
2: And- what, what's the scope of the, the issue that you're addressing? How large are the populations that are targeted? How how big is the coverage?
1: Well, basically, what's interesting with that software is that it is pretty adaptable to any kind of scheme you would like to launch. For instance, now we, we use OpenEMIS open for a community health fund in Tanzania, so uh, targeting marginalized groups that do not have access to Formal uh, security schemes, but in some other country like in Cameroon, we use OpenMIS for a health voucher management program for HIV, but as well for educational cash transfer schemes. So it's it's pretty adaptable to what kind of scheme you would like to do and what kind of, of key population you you are aiming to reach. Basically, I can say as well what is interesting with that OpenMIS is that software is basically covering all the, the range of data monitoring that you would need. Very concretely speaking, you, you can use that software for, the, for enrollment of new uh, patient or new client in, in a given scheme. So there is an app registration, there is a, a data storage server uh, to collect all the data of passion being enrolled in that scheme. Then you can use as well the software at the health facility delivery level, let's say. So when a patient comes to a visit, you use the system for patient verification and to record as well what kind of services they, they, they will get at the health facility. Then the software is used as well for the payment of services delivered. So you can use it to review and submit the service details, to calculate the payment amount, and overall, uh, the, for the data monitoring and reporting around, around that scheme. So, so it's a very complete circle of data management from the very beginning till the, the data monitoring.
2: So this very comprehensive software is being implemented. Who, who's the target user of the software once, once it's implemented?
1: All right. Well, I see there are two levels, I would say. First, the service provider, let's say, if we talk about a health insurance scheme, all health facilities enrolled in that scheme, for instance, in Tanzania, all public health facilities at the primary, secondary, and tertiary level were included. So basically, at the health facility level, they use the software. Administrative people working there, when a patient is coming and checking in, in the database if the patient is there and registering all the services and care provided that's the first level the second level uh, let's look at the local or national authority let's say managing the, the scheme could be a regulatory authority could be a finance ministry could be a health ministry they have access to the software and to the data in order to to organize the, the payment to pay back to health facility providing services for instance but as well to monitor all kinds of, of services provided. It is interesting in the way that they have access to a database of services provided at health facility using the scheme. So after some months and some years, you can develop trends of what kind of services are provided there. I would say the direct beneficiary, let's say a patient, a young guy being included in the scheme, those people, they do not have access directly to the server they don't need they just have a membership card with all the registration details on that and they use that in order to get access to services
2: so if i'm understanding this correctly the client the healthcare receiving client does not interact with the software at all yes the health
1: facility let's say where you go and seek services there those people they have access to the software So I'm coming to a health facility. I am part of that scheme. I have a membership card with me. I give the card to the administrative clerk at the entrance of the health facility. The clerk is scanning my membership card and accessing to the system can see what is my level of membership, if I'm still a member, what kind of services have been claimed and so on. And then when I get services and care at the health facility, the administrative clerk is entering that kind of services I got into into my profile and those data are stored there they can be used later on by another level of authority
2: i see the next question may be more for saraf since he's working a lot on the implementation and i was wondering what are the main technologies that you you're using to implement and use OpenIMIS?
0: Thank you. So in in terms of the technologies, OpenIMIS is, as Olivier was mentioning, it's a a web-based tool. So a lot of web-based technologies are used. Also, we we include a lot of functionality of of OpenIMIS on mobile devices. So there are Android apps that have been developed to fulfill a number of functionalities of OpenIMIS. Not to say that OpenIMS completely is available on mobile, but there are certain functions that can be done. And as we're looking at technology, since OpenIMS really has its roots back in 2012, the web-based technologies then are were completely different from what they are now. Um, so we're also in this phase of transition to really modernize the, even the web-based technologies and, and get it to a point where they are using the latest web-based technologies.
2: Since these technologies are mostly web-based, how do you tackle issues with network connection? Since there's a lot of regions where, well, connectivity is not ideal.
0: Sure, and that is a problem in a lot of the, or almost all the implementations in our use network. So basically the core functionality of OpenIMIS that needs to be used in the field in a non-office based structure. So for enrollment at the households, for submission of claims at the health facilities, or even for verification of membership at, to a certain extent at health facilities in places where there are challenged connectivity. Um, so we have, we have the Android apps to assist. So these apps can perform the functions that are required without the immediate need for internet access. So it doesn't mean that they'll, they can be offline all the time, but they, they can function offline, so the information can be collected um, during these times where, where the app is used in offline mode. But at some point, they will need to be synchronized with the server because otherwise the full business processes of um, that opening supports in health financing w- will be quite difficult to achieve. And because we're using mobile devices, for the offline modus, they can be, if need be, they can be physically transported to a place with better connectivity for, for this synchronization. But also what, what we also really need to look at is when we're using digital technologies and connectivity is, is a, is an issue for, for all digital technologies. And the good thing is that connectivity is improving with time. I don't think there is a case in any country where connectivity is getting worse with time. So when we plan implementations, we have the offline functionalities available. But we really keep in mind that connectivity will improve from today to tomorrow and to the next day. So so we don't want to limit what is possible because of of connectivity concerns, because we're we're quite certain, and we've seen this in all implementation scenarios, that connectivity will improve.
2: I see. So if this offline check works locally on the mobile device, does that mean that the mobile device stores the information from the entire database just to cross-check one client's
0: card? Yes. So what we do is the Android apps can synchronize with very minimal data. So not with the health records or anything, but just the bare minimum information that's required to identify. And that's the thing. When I said even for verification of membership to a certain extent, that does mean that it is offline for, you know, the information is only valid for for a short amount of time as enrollment and renewals change very frequently. And what we don't do is we don't synchronize the entire database with every mobile phone. We generally have an idea of the catchment area of a particular health facility. And it'll be very rare if if someone, um, except for in, let's say, the big cities, if someone from beyond that catchment area shows up. So generally, the information that's available on the devices is from that catchment area.
2: I see. So in all of that, what's in there that makes Open unique and innovative?
0: I think the, the one thing that if you look at very many digital health solutions out there, the uniqueness in, in OpenIMIS is to is the ability to connect the three main actors in, in a health financing or social protection scheme, the patient or the beneficiary, the provider of services. So in, in healthcare, healthcare, it would be the, the health service provider and the payer, right? So these three entities, um, the ability to digitally manage the information flow between these three actors is something that, that is really unique to OpenIMIS. And that's what leads us to the various implementations that we have throughout Asia and Africa.
2: Another thing that I noticed about Open EMIS is that it's open source, which is also somewhat unique. How does your open source model work?
0: So I think the main thing for us in our open source model is the community of practice that surrounds the software. The, the software is licensed as open source, Uh, The copyright is with STC, but STC has licensed it under uh, an open source license, so it means it's free to use for everyone. But the OpenIMIS initiative was was really developed to foster this community of practice, to facilitate interaction between the various people using OpenIMIS, implementing it, and the software developers. So so to really keep this knowledge around OpenIMIS also free and available, To everyone. And I think that that is our open source model to have the software, of course, as open source, but also put a lot of emphasis on creating a community of practice around it.
1: If I may just add on that, very concretely speaking, as part of the global program funded by the German corporation and the Swiss corporation, the GIZ and SORAF team. They are basically managing the community of practices. It means that any kind of scheme or country or or authority deciding to use OpenAMIS for this scheme, any kind of adaptation they do to the software, they have to feed back to the model software. And uh, uh, Sorava and his team are providing technical assistance to them and making sure that all the, the innovation brought to the software are basically integrated so that the software gets improved all the
0: time.
2: Do you have examples for such improvements and innovations within the software?
0: Of course. Let's take a a recent example. In Nepal, there was a need to use OpenIMIS to manage a health insurance scheme for for the formal sector. So historically, OpenIMIS has always been a software targeted for the informal sectors or contributory health insurance where... um, you know, where, where contributions are collected directly from the people and services provided, but none of the formal sector insurance through an employer setting. So in 2020, the, the Social Security Fund of Nepal required a formal sector module, which they, with the support of, of GIZ Nepal, developed and, and they're using it. But now that module is available for anyone to use. So yes, the investment came from Nepal for a certain use case, but now any country who wants to use the form of the formal sector functionality of OpenEMIS does not have to invest additionally. They just need to customize it for their own need. And, and there are many examples. This is just a recent one, but there are investments being made in individual implementations and the entire community can, can reap the benefits.
2: So the software is ever evolving, if I understand correctly.
0: Absolutely. And you will you see that in, in our repositories as well. So we have two releases every year. We have an April release and an October release where new functionality or bug fixes, all of that are, are made. So like you said, we are evolving quite fast, I would say.
2: So when the software is evolving that fast, how do you measure its impact since a lot of the, well, functionalities change quite often? Do you have any like key performance indicators that work generally?
0: For, for a software like OpenIMIS, which is very closely tied to the scheme that it is supporting, right now don't tend to have key performance indicators just for the software, because the, the software is there to bring efficiencies and make the, the health financing scheme better. Um, so we're really looking at this as one and really seeing how, how OpenIMIS is, is used as a tool to improve the, the health insurance. So the key performance indicators when we look at OpenIMIS impl- uh, implementations is really linked to to the protection, the social protection schemes, the health insurance schemes that it's supporting. So the number of beneficiaries that can be managed and the values of claims that, that OpenIMIS has supported in reviewing. So, so we, we tie our indicators very closely to, to the performance of the scheme, because that's what the software is there to do, to improve the performance of the scheme.
1: I mean, this is absolutely key, what Sarav is saying there, I mean, we do consider this software uh, as a tool to, to reach uh, development goals. So if, it, if you're talking about the health insurance scheme, you, you will refer to uh, performance indicators on on the number of people being covered, number of people being having access to health services, not having to pay out of pocket, and such, such kind of, of indicators. But not specifically for, for, for the tool itself.
2: So you generally have more information on the country's social protection scheme uh, as opposed to... Aggregated data for all of the OpenIMIS implementations?
0: Yes, absolutely. So, one of the key things of OpenIMIS is we don't provide the software as a, as a service. Right? So, whoever's implementing OpenIMIS has their own instance and they deploy their own OpenIMIS. So, they and we as a global initiative do not have access to the data in in any way or form so it is completely owned and operated by the individual operators um, we get we ask about the numbers in the community about how many are covered and, and they are very happy to share their successes with us but as a tool we we don't aggregate numbers there isn't one open in this system sitting globally on a server that that's aggregating data we it, it's very dis- federated in the way that it's completely the property and ownership of the implementing organization.
2: Could you share some numbers on specific countries and on the their key performance indicators?
0: Sure. So if we look at Nepal, we're currently standing in, in one of the schemes. There are actually multiple implementations of OpenEMIS in Nepal, but the largest one covers over 4.5 million beneficiaries in almost a national scale, so that the scheme is about 97% complete in a national rollout, just the two districts remaining, which will happen this year. So the scheme has been operational since 2016. And a very impressive figure that, that we have seen is through this health insurance. So with the help of OpenEMIS, but it's, it's the health insurance being able to pay out about 138 million US dollars worth of claims to health facilities right so it is with the tool that they can they can actually um, go through these these large volumes of claims in a in a relatively short time and ensure that out of pocket payments go down in among patients and that health facilities receive the payments that they need on time
1: and and the software the so- software is being used in in, in other countries for for, for the schemes just a few examples we we mentioned tanzania where we use it for community-based health insurance covering nowadays 3.1 million people. In Zanzibar, the Belgian corporation has decided to use it under the UHC scheme and around 400,000 people being covered. Nowadays, in Cameroon as well, for two different schemes, we use OpenIMIS for a micro health insurance scheme covering 20,000 people is very small and for an HIV elimination scheme as well, covering 150,000 scheme. But as well in dear Congo, in Chad, in Gambia for, for, for various uh, be it, uh, health insurance scheme, or as well for cash transfer system in Gambia, for instance, that tool is being used nowadays. So the, the overall number that we get, we have to update that. But by the end of October 2021, we had worldwide around 8 million of people directly beneficiaring from the tool, like users being enrolled in one of the schemes that use that software. But it is, it is expanding. We hope it will be expanding even more. Uh, there are currently around 30 schemes in various countries operating or piloting OpenEMIS open to use it. In, in around 24 countries. So uh, this is about where we're going.
2: That's really very impressive. I'm really impressed by the success that OpenEMIS has seen, especially in such different contexts also. And I was wondering whether you could identify what some common key drivers of this success might be.
0: I think w- one, if we're to limit it to really you know, the most important drivers. It's having this open source thinking, the community, and that allowing local experts and, you know, local organizations to really engage. I think that that has really helped in keeping this going and, and expanding. In Cameroon, we have local software developers developing OpenMS further, finding new use cases for it and, you know, and going out and and talking about OpenIMIS, promoting OpenIMIS on their own. In Tanzania, we have the same. We have different organizations working together with the government, even in the private sector, um, working with OpenIMIS. In all countries, this seems to be the commonality. As soon as we have local ownership of, of the tool and local expertise built, there's very little to, to stop the, the growth of the tool further um, within the country or in the region.
1: Yes, this is, this is absolutely essential what Soraf is saying. I will, I will add a, a few points. Key driver on the technical side, like Sorav, and operational side, like he said, you need a community of practices. You need people being trained and, and engaged on that. But there are as well key drivers, essential one on, on the political context. You need to be working in an environment where the local or national authority are committed to engaging uh, seriously on health financing and, and providing the tools for it. So they have to be on board. They have to, to be ready to, uh, to have some people, uh, some civil servants engage as well. On that, you need as well, in, in all the scheme we saw, at least at the beginning, you need a donor, be it a bilateral or a multilateral donor, who is initiating that together with the government. Political commitment from the government, financial support from, from a donor. So in various countries, in some countries, the SDC, in others, the German cooperation, now the French cooperation, the Belgian one, enable has taken that up. The ILO and the World Bank as well. Uh, the ILO is, is piloting and experiencing that in some country. The World Bank is already uh, using OpenMEC in Gambia, for instance. So at the beginning, you need financial support from a donor. In Tanzania, we are, we are slowly doing a phasing out in terms of funding from, from the Swiss cooperation after almost 10 years. But now the system is almost auto f- funding itself. Which is, which is good. But all these kinds of drivers, being political and technical, they have to be there.
2: These drivers, if they're not there, they can also be limiting factors, if I'm seeing this um, right. Is there anything that other than, than these engagements and collaborations with local authorities that could limit the success of Open EMIS?
0: As we're all seeing, there's a lot of proliferation of, of digital health technologies um, in, in a lot of partner countries or, or throughout the world. And it, it's crucial that, that there's interoperability between systems. We at OpenIMIS try very hard to be standards-based and you know international guidelines-based so that data can easily be exchanged with other digital systems. And that is crucial. I think in, in any implementation scenario, if, if, there, if interoperability with, with other existing tools isn't thought about properly and, and really preventing of duplication of efforts isn't done, then, then it can really be a hindrance. Not, not only to OpenIMIS, but, but to the entire digital health ecosystem and, and ultimately to, to the health system.
2: Yes, we, we've been, especially in the COVID-19 pandemic, we've been seeing that a lot, right? That interoperability even within Europe wasn't just a given. So I can definitely see how that's a limiting factor. On that topic, has, has the COVID-19 pandemic had an impact on OpenEMIS? Has it been used more widely?
0: One um, implementation that, that came out of the COVID-19 pandemic is in the Gambia, where OpenEMIS was used or is being used to, to manage a cash transfer scheme. So not a health-related intervention, but the same tool through a local technology company to MCorp. They were able to modify OpenMIS and and use it to quickly manage a, an unconditional cash transfer grant um, throughout the country it hasn't increased health related applications per se but of course the use of insurance has gone up in in a lot of countries where openimis is, is based but also has given us an opportunity to to move to beyond health and and really offer openimis as a, as a tool for for social protection schemes
2: is it, is it in your strategic plans to move beyond health insurance coverage and do more other social protection schemes as well?
1: Yes, this is absolutely the idea. Uh, we started, together with the German corporation and the Swiss, we started that for, for health-specific insurance, and in, in, in the first countries it has been used for that. But, but of course, as we heard, the software is pretty adaptable to any kind of scheme. So now, last year, we made a strategic alliance with the ILO and the ILO has an interest and is now promoting the tool for a non-health security scheme, social protection scheme that are currently exploring in Bangladesh, in Myanmar and some of the countries as well. So this is this is the idea. And as we heard as well from SORAF, in Nepal, OpenIMIS is used in one non-health scheme already. So that, that's the idea.
2: Have the strategic goals changed over the years with the lessons that you learned from various implementations?
1: It's a bit learning by doing because, uh, look, you know, it was really developed for one country in, back in 2012. Then in discussion with Germany, they had an interest to use that in some of the countries they were already active. So basically a few years later in 2016, we, we just sit together, the Swiss and the German, and we like, okay, why don't we do a kind of global initiative around open emis in order to promote the tool and to 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 have, to invite other other countries or the schemes or the donors or the operators to have a look at that uh, as it is free and it is open source we've been moving very little to to non-health scheme I would say we started a few years ago but but again the potential is there to use the software for any kind of, of social protection scheme so that's the idea
2: So thank you um, for answering so many of my questions. We are coming towards an end of this episode, but at the end of these episodes, we usually try to look a bit at what you personally would say is the take-home message of uh, the experience that you've made with OpenIMIS. And I was wondering whether any or both of you have any recommendations on how to use it, these lessons that you've learned over the past seven eight years to adapt and scale up digital health tools to new contexts
1: I can start with a few with a few points my my main message would be first moving from a paper-based data monitoring tool to a digital one is not a big deal we have tools that allow us to do that. And OpenEMIS is clearly one that is free, that is open, that is adaptable to others and, and, and that available. So we, there is no need to reinvent the wheel and invest a lot of money in developing a software. The software is there. So that's my first message. My second message is that, uh, as part of the global initiative funded by the Germans and the Swiss, we, we are ready and we are open to uh, support feasibility studies in s- countries or for new schemes. If anyone has an interest, any kind of donor or local implementers, local NGO or local authorities we would be interested in exploring that. They just can contact the GIZ and we can, we can send experts to assess what are the needs and so on. So the tool is there. The capacity are there. Uh, we are very happy to, to support any kind of, of operators that would be willing to, to move on on that.
0: Absolutely. Um, from my side as well. So the, the offer from Olivier will be happy to, to help anyone looking at OpenIMIS, wanting to learn more about OpenIMIS, or trying to decide if OpenIMIS is the right thing for them. We'll be happy to, to assist them on, on that journey. And also, additionally, just as some learnings from our work, I, I truly believe that the modality that we brought forward with making OpenIMS open source and building a community around it um, really does work. It's not that I'm saying it's easy. It is a lot of effort. There are a lot of people involved. There are a lot of circumstances that, that need to be handled. But at the end, having this community is what will keep OpenIMS going for a long time. There are a lot of people who have invested their energy and, and time into this and, and they're very proud of it and, and we think that that would really help the digital health tool to be to be developed further and, and to be implemented further so for other digital tools out there looking for for a pathway the open source one is not a bad one at all
2: thank you Sarav and olivier and I'm excited to see where OpenEmys is going. Um, thank you again for coming. And I wish all of our listeners a good day.